1: Pastor Keith Crosby of
2: Hillside Church. He's going to guard the deposit entrusted to his care. We've read all that before, but he's all alone. But by God's grace, there are still those who are faithful. They may not be nearby, but may be within arm's reach because God is gracious. You may feel alone. You may, it may seem like you're on your own, but God is with you and others are praying for you and some will step away from you, and some will step up. I can
1: see the promised land Though there's pain
0: within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The answer for all my life Every dragon will fall, the mountains will move, every chain of the past. You've broken into all the fear of the lies. We're singing the truth that nothing is impossible with you. Oh no,
1: impossible. Until now. Our churches have known little to no real persecution. However, it seems that that is all about to change. The time has come to ask ourselves, are we really ready, willing, and able to suffer for the causes of Christ? Well, hello and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor at Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so happy that you've chosen to spend time with us today on the broadcast, and as always, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's edition of Grace to Live, we're continuing with our series covering the pastoral epistles as Pastor Keith continues in the book of 2 Timothy. So if you have your Bibles, please return with us to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study.
2: Men and women have tried this path before us. They have suffered. They have been marginalized, demonized, dehumanized, canceled. And we are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses who have, by the providence and grace of God, shown us how to face hardship in great ways and in small ways. And we are to follow this pattern. Jesus, and his trials, in those kangaroo courts, and those show courts, you know, being commanded to confess his falsity, he showed us how to live. You read about it in 1 Peter 2, right? That he was persecuted, but he uttered no threats. He was reviled, but he did not revile in return. But he kept on entrusting himself to the one who judges righteously. Jesus served the Father, he was confident. And the father, he conducted himself accordingly. And we are, as the text says in 1 Peter 2, to follow in his steps. And in the steps of those who preceded us, whether it was your grandmother or your mother who brought you up in the faith. Whether it was your dad, whether it was a spiritual person, a spiritual mother or father or grandmother unrelated to you. Whether it's a colleague who has shown you how to live out your faith by example. That's what we're to do, to follow in the footsteps of those who have gone before us. We have a sufficient number of examples in life, in church history, in the word of God. All we have to do, the table has been set for us. We talked, you know, before before the ages began, we just have to run the race set before us. Which brings us to Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. We've all read this but now we're going to be living it in a far different way than we may have ever guessed. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And who's our confidence? Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, Endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. Endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. We just need to follow in his steps. Confident in him because he is God. Which brings us to the fourth key. And the fourth key has to do with our engaging in good stewardship. Stewardship of the gospel. Not compromise, but evangelize. And we find that in Genesis to Revelation. The faithfulness speaks to our fourth key. Stay the course, guarding the treasure entrusted to your care. God has given you a commission, the great commission. You are to take his word, not cultural norms and mores. His word forth. You are to be uncompromising. You are to be cordial you're to be polite, you're to be humble, you are to be circumspect, but you are to take it forward without apology, without being ashamed. Paul talks about don't be ashamed about the Lord or me, his prisoner. And we see in 2 Timothy 1:13 through 14, these words of counsel about guarding the treasure. Follow the pattern of the sound words That you have heard from me. That Paul has taught Timothy. That you have heard or seen in the word of God. In the faith. A better translation might be. Inside the faith and the love that are in Christ Jesus. Verse 14. Follow this pattern by the Holy Spirit. Who dwells within us. Guard the good deposit. Entrusted to you. Timothy. To you. Robert. To you. Mark. To you. Martha, to you, whoever you are. Entrusted to you. Guard the deposit. Stay the course. Treasure the treasure. Don't dilute it. Don't try to improve on it. Don't try to make it more acceptable. Don't try to make God more beautiful than he already is. You can't do that. Guard the treasure. When difficult times come, do not compromise be as obedient and as faithful as you can according to the word of God which is sufficiently clear people always try to say well it's not clear it's clear you may not be studying it hard enough you may not be applying yourself to it but if you do you will understand it sufficiently to guard the treasure the ministry the word that has been entrusted to your care follow the pattern of sound of the sound words Guard the deposit entrusted to you. Our connection to Christ, his church, to one another, to one another comes with responsibilities and obligations. And God has given you certain talents and abilities and certain gifts, certain callings. You know, you we all know the parable of the talents, right? This master gives some of his servants, he gives one talent to one person, two to another to another one, and so on and so on and so forth. And he goes, I'm going on a journey. Take care of this for me. He returns. The faithful servants, the faithful slaves, have increased. They've invested his, the talents he's given them. They've deployed them. They've applied them. And he says, well done. Enter into your master's rest. But this other servant goes, you know, I knew you were a tough one. So I buried my talent in the sand and here's what you gave me. And he says, take that from him and give it to them. We are not to bury our Christianity in the sand of anonymity. We are not to hide from persecution. We're not, to, we're not to be unwise, right? We're to be filled by the Spirit. We're to have courage and self-control. We're not to be reckless with our faith, but we're not to be bashful with it either. And so we are to guard the treasure. We have been called to a holy calling, just like Paul was, just like Timothy was. We have been raised up for such a time as this. And we are to be faithful with the talents and the treasure. We are to guard it, that which has been entrusted to our care. We don't have the luxury of burying it in the sand and ignoring our responsibilities or hiding at home or watching persecution on TV and saying, thank God that isn't me. We are servants of Christ because God has raised us up for such a time as this. Follow the pattern of the sound words which you have heard from me in the faith and the love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the deposit entrusted to your care. He says elsewhere in Second Timothy 1, 5, and 6, I'm reminded of your sincere faith a faith that first dwelt in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, the treasure God has put in you. Through the laying on of my hands, Timothy had been called into ministry. The elders at Ephesus had laid hands on him and affirmed his call. Paul had laid hands on him. And he's telling Timothy then and there and you and I here and now through the pages of scripture and the years of history to fan into flame don't let your faith grow cold we're going to be doing revelation later on we'll do the letters to the seven churches you know there are seven churches and what does God think of your church basically you find out there but one of the churches had lost its first love had let its love grow cold its love for God grow cold He's telling Timothy not to do that, to guard the deposit, to keep the faith, to not neglect the gift that God has given you to use in his service. You and I have this treasure, this mission, and we carry it in in earthen vessels that are fragile and imperfect and can break. But God's word and promises are unbreakable. So we want to care for what we carry around in us we want to cultivate it we want to deploy it we want to preach it we want to share it but never ever ever neglect it and that's why you and I individually collectively as a church must be faithful no matter what the cost which brings us to the fifth key and the fifth key is this when the times get tough, when the going gets tough, stay the course, even if it seems like you are the only one, that you are all alone. Remember that, you're never alone. God is always with you. Paul writes in 2 Timothy 1, 15 through 18, you are aware that all who are in Asia turned away from me. Among whom are Phagellus and Hermogenes. How would you like to have your name recorded for posterity for that? May the Lord grant mercy to the household of one, one For he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he aw- arrived in Rome, he searched for me earnestly and found me. May the Lord grant him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. 2 Timothy 4, 9-11 goes on to talk about Paul's being abandoned. He's, he's imploring and begging Timothy to come to him. He says, do your best to come to me soon. For Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia. Titus to Dalmatia. Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me for ministry. Paul has been abandoned. He's on his own, and he's in a stinking, filthy prison. He's no longer under house arrest. He's no longer can have his friends just come and go. He's no longer just chained to a guard, but living in decent surroundings. He is in, in all likelihood, the lower dungeon of the Mamertine prison. But he knows who he trusted in. He's confident in him. He's going to follow in the footsteps on in the roadmap that God has given him. He's going to stay the course. He's going to guard the deposit entrusted to his care. We've read all that before. But he's all alone. But by God's grace there are still those who are faithful. They may not be nearby, but may be within arm's reach because God is gracious. You may feel alone. You may, it may seem like you're on your own, but God is with you and others are praying for you. And some will step away from you and some will step up. And it will come from the most likely, most unlikely of sources. I mean, you think about church history and you go back before the church was to ancient Israel and you have the three Jewish boys who are facing Nebuchadnezzar and it talks about when he asked them about their unwillingness to worship the statue of him and and they made their statement. They said, look, you know, O king, live forever. You know, you can burn us at the stake. Our God can deliver us. But if he doesn't deliver us, O king, he's still good. And it says... In the text that his face became I'll just give you the anglicized word his face became Hamas Hamas is Aramaic or Hebrew for violent what a name for an organization huh and it, but you know what Th- they were willing to die and say and even if he doesn't save us and even if he doesn't rescue you from hardship prison termination marginalization He's still good. Just trust in him and know that there are people out there going through the same kinds of things. And even if you find yourself without resources, humanly speaking, like Paul seemed to, stay the course. 2 Timothy 1 12 and 14 talks about that. You know, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I believe. And he talks about by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit. No matter how weak or alone you feel, God can and will display his glory through you and to you. And you can be confident in that. Nothing that happens to you is by accident. And if you find yourself weak, need, and all alone, remember this, that God's strength is perfected in your weakness. You know, Paul in Corinth, and it talks about this in the book of Acts, he was afraid at one point. And God spoke to him and said, don't be afraid. No one's going to harm you. I have many people in this city. People that Paul was to lead to Christ, maybe a few that would be praying for him. You know, even if others abandoned you or the church or Christ, even if they went out from us because they were not part of us, God will sort all that out. All you have to do, even if you're all alone, is remain faithful, remain confident, remain trusting, bear witness. Don't worry about the other guy or the other girl or the other man or the other woman. Just worry about glorifying God in the most difficult of times as our culture turns a corner today. And I'm reminded in John 22 where you have Peter's restoration, right? And, you know, he says, you know, Peter, do you love me more than these, these fish? Do you love me more than these men? Then, you know, tend my lambs, feed my sheep, follow me. And they're walking along and Jesus tells Peter, look, you know, you're going to be led by the hands to places you don't want to go, talking about what death he was going to die. And he begins to tell Peter everything that he's going to face. And the message is, is to follow me. And Peter, being Peter, looks over his shoulder and sees John back there. And he goes, well, what about him? And Jesus' words are in John 22, 22 or 21, 22, 22, 22. Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Just stay faithful. Don't worry about other people. Don't worry about other churches that compromise. You follow me. Difficult days are ahead, friends. But these are glorious days. I've talked about this before. God has raised us up for such a time as this. People will turn on us and people will turn to us. And God will exalt himself through all that happens. And in the end, justice will prevail because Christ is going to return and set it all straight. But in the meantime, you and I have work to do in this community, in this culture, in this city. And we're not to be afraid because there are many sick people in this city that God is going to save through us. We just need to stay the course. So difficult days are ahead. And by review and by application, let me give you some, some guidance here. Remember who you serve. You serve the God who sent his son to die for you. The God who spoke the universe into existence. The God who can raise the dead. The God who, in Revelation, when we study... People will be worshiping the earth and he's going to destroy the environment and bring glory to himself and good to others and growth to his saints. This is the God whom you serve. And because he is who he is and because he is holy and good and righteous and patient and kind and grace-giving and just, be confident in him. Remind yourself every day. Of who it is you serve and how you trusted him for your salvation and if you can trust him to do that you can trust him with everything else and determine then to follow in the steps of Christ to follow in the steps of others who have gone before you that great cloud of witnesses who looks on and run that race keeping the faith guarding that deposit being faithful Being a good steward of the time, the treasure, the opportunities, and the talents, and the message that God has entrusted to you. And finally, even if you're alone or seem to be, you're not. His spirit is within you, His angels, such as they are, wherever they are, are watching. Other Christians are probably praying for you. People that you aren't even aware of. And so take these five keys and make these five life principles. Suffer for Christ, alone or in concert with others. But stay the course. Hang in there when the times get tough. This is what you have been called to. I want to give you a couple of resources uh, there's a book, you've heard me talk about it before, Live Not by Lies, Being True to Yourself and Your Faith in a Christian Hostile World, in a Religion Hostile World by Rod Dreher. Again, I don't agree with all of his theology, but he's a, he is a believer, I've spoken with him, and he's got some principles in there that will help you to think through how you're going to live in this fallen world. Live Not by Lies, the essay that inspired the book by Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Probably the most important book of the 20th century was uh, The Gulag Archipelago, which Solzhenitsyn wrote. But the day he was arrested and put in prison, Solzhenitsyn wrote this essay. You can download it off of the internet for free. Uh, Live Not by Lies, a discussion of the coming totalitarianism. We had the podcast here. I'm not here pushing the podcast. But that discussion, that interview with Rod Dreher, you might find helpful. Because we are going to be facing intense scrutiny, increasingly intense uh, persecution. And these things may be helpful to you. So I commend them to you. In the meantime, in the meantime, prepare yourself. Get all the discipleship you can. Study the scriptures all that you can. Examine your heart before the Lord all that you can. And get ready. Because we are we know how the book ends and life is going to get tough and tougher before christ returns but he is faithful and he will see you safely through and safely home so stay the course let's pray heavenly father we thank you for your word it is true sanctifies in that truth god help us to be people of the book lord people who come to your word early in the morning, late at night, in the afternoon, on break at work, on lunch hour, hungrily feeding on your word because we love you, Father. People who make time for the God who made time for us. Help us to be that way, Father. Help us to do this so that we can feed our minds and our souls and inform our thoughts and thinking. That the Holy Spirit can bring to mind the things that you have shown us in your word and so that we can apply them in our lives that we may be found faithful when you return. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Pastor Keith Crosby with today's Grace to Live radio broadcast. The website is also a great place to connect with us here at Hillside. You can find information on our service times, ministry opportunities, and of course you can browse our calendar of upcoming events. Again, all this and much, much more can be found by visiting our website, hillsidechurch.org. Well, we hope that you'll join us again next time on Grace to Live. But until then, I'm your host, Kevin Reeves, and on behalf of Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church, It is our prayer that the Lord will richly bless you, and thanks for listening.